Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Going for Two podcast. Really and truly, thank you, because I don't know if we could do this if we saw an episode with zero listeners. That would just be too depressing. <laughs> what do you think, Ben? Yeah, I agree. I agree. So thanks for listening, everybody. So, yeah, that's been uh, this will be our 26th episode. And we've got another first here. You know, we've we've had journalists on the podcast. We've had a healthcare professional, volunteer firefighter, a banker, and uh, and Kyle, um, <laughs> Ben's brother-in-law. But who knows what he does? We've never, yeah, <laughs> really, who knows? We've never had a coach on the podcast. So I am extremely proud to be able to welcome my high school head coach, Jared Moffitt, uh, to the podcast. High school head coach of the Van Vandals. Um, very successful on the field and off the field, being a great mentor and leader for uh, the young men in our in our town. So, Coach, welcome to the Going for Two podcast. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it, Logan. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, what episode is this? What number did you say? 20, 26. I don't know. Like, I felt really good and honored to be to be invited on, and then I found out there were 26 episodes before I got asked. <laughs> that kind of hurt my feelings a little bit, but no, I'm joking. Uh, happy to be here, man. Look forward to it. Coach, I, I felt like we had to, we had to, you know, kind of build ourselves up before we were ready to enter. Yeah, right. So right. We were... uh, I appreciate you wording it that way, you know, thanks. <laughs> uh, but I'll take 26. You know, I don't mind being 26. Way better than 27. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean. It works out good, actually. If it, if it makes any difference, I, I might call Coach Harold next, so he'll be after as you. As long as you call him after me, because if you called him first, uh, you and I, we wouldn't, be, wouldn't even be talking anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach, you may not know this, but uh, Ben and I, we have some coaching experience of our own. You know? Oh, wow. Oh, gosh. We, uh, two years of coaching a, uh, a uh, <laughs> intramural girls flag football. Okay. Yeah. And a total of one win. Well, that's, that's right. Did you just play one game? <laughs> yeah. Was it just one game? <laughs> I wish. Yeah, me too. I wish. That's what I'd tell If everybody. we'd have just played that. I'd tell everybody it was just it one was, game sport. It was the first win in, like, multiple years for that club. So, I mean, that's a positive. But, yeah, not a not a super successful coaching career. That's why we both do other things now. Well, so. you know, that's, uh, the uh, record, that's somewhat overrated. Uh, of course, I don't mind telling you. <laughs> I won. I won two games with uh, our girls' powder puff team in high school. We were two and zero. We beat the seniors as juniors, and beat the juniors as seniors. So we felt pretty good about that. Yeah. Wow. Hey, that's nothing to nothing to scoff at. Yeah. That's that's a that can be more competitive than high school varsity football sometimes. Well, and and you know the only way we scored then was by trick plays as well. That's great. So, Coach, it has been an interesting season, no doubt, for multiple reasons. Uh, so the Vandals finished 7-5, and five, won their first playoff game, lost their second. Yeah. Uh, tell us, how, is, how has this season been for you? Well, you're right. Interesting does not describe the way this year has been for everybody at every level. You know, every day we turn mm-hmm. uh, the TV on or you pull up the news and it's – it's somewhat of a circus uh, with what's going on and teams are canceling and teams at every level and at the highest levels. Uh, and there's so much uncertainty involved with this year. I talked to a buddy at Sulphur Springs. They were set to play their last game against Forney tomorrow night and Forney canceled on them today. 
and that, and that's it. That's the last game of the season for those guys and those seniors. They're not going to get a chance to play. And, uh, mm. you know, people have experienced that all year long. I think Sulphur Springs played six games. And, you know, so for us, you look at our season, we played every single one of our games. We got 12 games in. And fortunately for us, we were, we were able to finish our season on the field, uh, which mm. is somewhat of a miracle, you know, uh, in yeah. terms of what other people went through this year. So we're – we were extremely fortunate to have that going for us, but um, man, it's it's been an unusual year, unlike any other for everyone involved. Uh, you wake up every day not knowing what that day holds in terms of your season. And we played a game this year. At lunchtime, uh, our offensive <laughs> line coach came down and said, hey, our center just got sent home because his mom tested positive. Uh, so he's close contact quarantine. It's Friday at lunch. We're playing Brownsboro in like four hours. Oh my and goodness. our center's out, you know, and you're <laughs> like, well, okay, okay. And it's – everybody has stories like that this year. It's been mm-hmm. it's been really wild, man. Mm-hmm. Wow. It sounds like you guys had so, a, a, a great year despite, you know, all the, the changes that COVID brought about. And it sounds like you guys, for the most part, were able to remain healthy and everything. So – and play every game, which, as you noted, yeah. is, is very rare for – any no teams at any level. Um, I'm, I'm curious to hear a little bit about any sort of protocols or procedures that you all had to adapt sure. or put into place. I mean, it's, it's so so crazy of a year, and it it's just, um, you know, all the teams are having to do that. So I'm curious to he- learn a little bit more about what you guys had to do from a logistical perspective. Well, I, I, think, I think a lot of people at our level are pretty similar. And, again, you can't even compare us to the college level mm-hmm. uh, you, know, you think about those guys are testing all the time you know what i mean like if you talk yeah. to people at the college level they're testing two or three four times a week um you know it's like that deal with clemson they tested they got on the plane they found out went while they were in tallahassee at florida state that one of the kids was positive you know what i mean and like they are mm-hmm. testing all the time their protocols are out of this world and then you move down to the high school level which is one step below um and it's it's a lot more diversified in terms of people making their own decisions about what their protocols are going to be, you know. And there's things, yeah. you know, we all we all have to wear masks, and we all have to try to keep our mask on inside. Uh, and I think that's standard for for everybody, and mm-hmm. and not just football or other sports, and all, every business that they're in. Yeah. So mask deal is pretty standard. Uh, but the the thing that was interesting this year is, you know, in Texas, close contact definition, right? You know, and we've all experienced, you know, and I don't know what it's like for you there, Ben, in North Carolina, mm-hmm. um, but like in Texas, you know, if somebody, if someone is positive, well, who has to get sent home because they're close contact? Who has to quarantine because they're close contact? And the definition of close contact in in Texas in regards to UIL and TEA for public school uh, purposes is, you know, like 15 uh, minutes. I was within six feet of somebody for 15 plus minutes without a mask on. Mm. Right. Um, and like try to identify that, you know what I'm saying? Like you start yeah. trying to like in a, in a, in a football facility or a practice scenario or things like that. And so people have looked at that in a lot of different ways. And so, you know, even us, we tried to make sure we got in and out of the locker room in less than 15 minutes. 
right? Mm. Hey, boys, mm. you got 14 minutes to get in here and get dressed. Because that way, no one has been within six feet of somebody for 15 minutes. Yeah, right? no, that's smart. Uh, right. And, and so it was a lot of that, and you know, making sure you had a mask on. And I always said the mask in terms of uh, being able to keep playing and not get sent home for a close contact quarantine, it was like the get-out-of-jail-free card. Hey, boys, if you want to play, wear your mask. Mm-hmm. Wear it up in the school. Mm-hmm. Wear it in the field house. Keep it on. If you're riding in a car with people, wear it. Uh, but if you'll just keep your mask on, you can avoid being close contact quarantined. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's the deal. Like, I, I talked to a coach at Texas High the other day. I think it actually was White House. So he had their kids, like at lunchtime, you know, think about lunchtime. You got a 30, 40, 30 to 40 minute lunch in high school, whatever it is. So they had their alarm set on their phones to go off every 14 minutes. So they'd get up and move. Hmm. For the wow. same person. Hmm. So I'm out around the same people for 15 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So people have gotten pretty creative wow. in trying to keep your players there mm-hmm. as well as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were no different. And, you know, same thing. We had our quarterback was positive one week. We were in the middle of district. And uh, we actually just lost our first district game. Um, game we really thought that that we should have won, and and Mahia outplayed us, and we turned the ball over. And going into the next week versus Bullard, we find out Sunday that our quarterback is positive. He was the first player we had that was positive. Oh wow! Um, which it's your quarterback. That's kind of a big deal. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, we were able to put it together and won that game. And then uh, we had a staff member that was positive. Um, and then the the center ended up being positive as well after mm-hmm. his mom was. So, you know, we had two players and a staff member positive throughout our season, uh, but we were able to avoid sending large numbers of people home with close contact quarantining. And um, man, I'm telling you, it was uh, the the level of uncertainty. And you guys know this too. Whatever line of work you're in, the level of uncertainty involved with this. Um, is you know monumental. It, mm-hmm. it just creates a cloud over people. I think, uh, but it was interesting, man. Like I said, a season like no other, uh, no doubt. And we were really fortunate, really fortunate to get twelve games in mm-hmm. and to be able to play them all, and to not have to cancel games and people not to cancel games on us. So uh, mm-hmm. you look back on this thing, and you know, really fortunate and appreciative of the fact we got to play all of our games. Oh. Coach, I just want to know, I mean, how many times this season did you say you can only control what you can control? <laughs> you know, you know, that gets said a lot around uh, yeah. America, that and gosh almighty uh, and a couple other things, but <laughs> that gets said a lot. And you, you think about it, Logan, with what we were all dealing with this year, uh, that was never more important than it was this year uh, mm-hmm. because you could, man, that, you cannot control this stuff. And even even the places, because you know nobody has better protocols than these Division One programs and these NFL teams. Nobody. Nobody has mm-hmm. better protocols than those guys. And you look up, and people are getting it. And then they're passing it, and they're canceling games, and they're not able to play. Uh, you cannot control this. Mm-hmm. You can have the best protocols in place, and one kid gets it and brings it up there unknowingly and gives it to two yeah. other people who gives it to two other people. And now you're shut down for 14 days. 
Um, and so, man, you're right. Control what you can't control, uh, which is your attitude and your effort. And uh, we talked about that a lot this year. Maybe more so than normal, but I'm not sure. <laughs> well, it sounds like you guys have had a uh, adventurous season. And I'm kind of curious, you know, like you said, you're very lucky to play every game. Um, no doubt. What was the down in, in your area? I mean, what do you think was the average amount of games missed by a team? I mean, you know, in the NFL, it's it's seeming like every team has missed at least one game. In college, yeah. we're seeing that even more yeah. so. What about y'all down there? You know, it was – I remember early in the year, um, maybe week four or five, you know, somewhere around mm-hmm. there, um, and, and at this point, the 5A and 6A schools hadn't even started playing wow. You know, they pushed, they pushed the 5A and 6A schools back, you know, five weeks. Uh, and so we had, they, the big schools hadn't started playing yet. And I remember at that point, like I said, it might have been week three or week four. Uh, in the state of Texas, you know, they put out some number, 20-something games had been canceled or something mm-hmm. like that. And I, or, you know, somewhere it was, you know, 90-something percent of the games uh, that were scheduled had been played. Uh, and at the first of the season, you know, we didn't have a lot of games being canceled. But as you moved on and as you got past weeks three and four, I think the numbers went up. And, uh, you know, like I said, we were fortunate, but there were a number of teams around us. And, and the interesting thing was uh, it was so random. Uh, <laughs> and it hit like Brownsboro. It hit Bullard like three weeks in a row. Mm. Uh, you know, somebody else – that they were playing had some positives and they couldn't play and they canceled and they're trying to find the game and that didn't work out. And the next week uh, something happened and like three or four weeks in a row to some of these people. And then, cause Brownsburg is 15 minutes away from us. And then we're sitting here and we played all 12 of our games. Wow. You know, Sulphur Springs is, is an hour from here. It's my hometown where I grew up. Uh, they played six football games this year. Hmm. You know, they shut down two weeks. Um, with uh, with some positive cases in their program. Um, and then somebody else canceled on them after that. And then this week somebody canceled. So they they finished their season with six games. Um, and so it was really random, uh, Ben, how it happened. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's a pattern. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, don't, I just I don't think there's a – you can't put your finger on it yeah. while some people were able to play and some people weren't. Um, and then, like I told you, with, you know, every school's – every school approached this different. You know, there was not a one-size-fits-all uh, approach to this thing. And, you know, our governing body, the UIL here in Texas, uh, they laid out guidelines and they laid out protocols. Um, but there were still some things that were open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the close contact tracing was one of them. You know, there's no exact definition of it in terms of identifying people. Um, and so there were some schools where they might shut their team down with one positive case and the other schools looked at that different and they didn't shut their team down with one positive case. You know, I'll, I'll give you an example. Mahaya won our district and the head coach there is a good friend of mine and he grew up in Sulphur Springs as well. So they won their first playoff game, right? And they're rolling. Um, they're going to play Sunnyvale in the second round and, and that's a team that, that they can play with and beat. And they find out on Sunday one of their offensive linemen tested positive, right? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so they go through the protocols. They talk to the superintendent and working through uh, their investigation and talking to people and talking to coaches, uh, they come to the conclusion that we're not sure how many of the players were close contact with this one kid. And because of that, we have to forfeit mm. our second round. Play. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Hey, think about that. You know what I mean? You think about that. And, you know, I don't know your background, mm-hmm. but I know Logan's. Uh, and Logan played here and he played for us. And, like, you know, you think about that, Logan. You know, you win your first-round playoff game uh, and you're playing Gilmer in the second round. And I call you up there to tell you, hey, guys, we have to forfeit. Mm-hmm. We don't even get to play. We don't get to play tonight. Mm-hmm. And I just can't imagine – I talked to that coach. It was, it was a terrible story. Um, and you just hurt for those kids because you guys know this. The opportunities that you have in high school to play these sports, you do not get back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, yep. and when it's over, it's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and for almost all of us, you know, me included, when I was done playing high school football, I was done playing football. Yeah. Uh, they weren't recruiting me. Um, and and most of most of us are like that in high school. So when it's over, it's over. And I can't imagine having your season in like that um, because of this virus. Uh, but it has happened, mm-hmm. and it's happened to a number of schools down here. Uh, again, I can't – I don't really know how we are compared to other people uh, in other states, uh, but that's how it's been for us here in Texas. And uh, at the same time, though, I think I can say that's pretty rare, and a lot of people have been able to play their complete seasons, uh, which is what the goal was, you know, when we set out and started this thing. Uh to play as many games as you can and give your seniors uh, the best season that you could give them. Yeah, when I was uh, – I remember this, your story about having to cancel the games made me think about when I was in eighth grade. I played football growing up, and, and we were in the eighth grade championship game, and okay. we were getting ready to play. We had warmed up. We were about to take the field, and we heard that the other team, who only had like 15 or 14 players – Ended up, there were a couple guys that were over age, and then one guy, it was crazy, one guy tried to punch the ref and everything, and so, long story short, <laughs> they had to forfeit because they only had like 10 guys that were eligible, and our coach came up Great. to us and said, hey guys, you know, you guys won the championship just now because the team had to forfeit, but you can't play, and I yeah. mean, we had won the championship, but it was so, you know, disheartening, and yeah. we didn't feel necessarily like we we really, really earned it, and I can't imagine... Yeah. Like that was us winning something a lot. I can't imagine just, you know, second round playoff team or any game being disbanded because of, you know, COVID. I mean, I understand it, but that would just, if I was a high schooler, I I definitely, definitely empathize with those athletes right now. 100%. Well, and you know, that's a devastating deal. It really is. And again, you know, people, people might listen to this, you know, I'm a high school football coach. These games are pretty important to me. Um, and they were when I was playing too. My dad was a coach. Um, so the game was always important to me and I've always loved it. Um, but like I said, that's, that's how it ends. That's how it ends for some of these kids this year. And, Mm -hmm. uh, man, you talk about tough to get over it. Cause I can tell you, uh, my senior year, we lost to Waxahachie in 1993 in Texas stadium, uh, by five points. Uh, and I can tell you some of those plays like they were yesterday. Uh, but we lost on the field, and those those guys beat us. Uh, and so to have to forfeit your last game because of this virus uh, is something that'll be hard to get yeah. over. Uh, and like you said, Matt, you understand it. 
and, you know, and, and as bad as that is, you think about last spring, uh, the athletes and, and all over the country, but like just in Texas, you know, the baseball, baseball season had just started mm-hmm. and they played two or three games and their baseball season was wow. over. Uh, the basketball, you know, the boys were about to play the, the state tournament um, and the state tournament was canceled. So like you're in the semifinals, you know, one went away from playing for a state championship and your season is canceled. You don't even get that opportunity. Um, and you know, so like last spring, you know, athletes lost seasons, not just a game. They lost their entire yeah. seasons, baseball, softball, track. Um, and you know, I mean like, dang, uh, and it's just high school sports. And you know, again, I get it. I get it. It's, it's high school sports. Uh, but, but these high school sports are important. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when, uh, we believe they teach, uh, life lessons and we believe things kids, uh, a ton about, um, moving on and living their life that go way beyond what they what they're learning about how to win a game on a court or, or a field. Um, and these kids work hard. You know, Logan can tell you. Um, you know, we work hard around it. We put a lot of hours mm-hmm. into it. A lot of hours in the weight room and throwing and catching and things we do. And uh, so these kids are highly invested. Um, mm-hmm. And so to to end like that, or, or in the case of the kids in the spring, to have their season canceled on them and to miss it all so, I man it's hard to get over yeah. i'm telling you it's hard to get over and I, yeah so let's let's move now we i i feel like we've we've talked the covid situation to death and uh let's let's talk about some football coach so um you were my qb yeah. coach you've coached a lot of qbs over yeah. the years so tell me tell me what do you got now i from my point of view in seeing a few games this season, I saw Jackson Rainey take a huge step yeah. forward. Are you are you pretty excited for his future? I really am. And, uh, you know, Jackson is a really talented kid. Um, of course, he's following uh, my son, Jayton Moffitt, which is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and he's different than Jayton. Uh, but Jackson, he's got a really strong arm. He's highly accurate. Uh, I think he finished the season completing – uh, 64 or 65% of his balls, which in our offense is wow. really good. I think that was the second best year we've had. Uh, I think okay. Jayton as a junior was 66%. Uh, and that's, that's the highest I've ever had in our offense. And Jackson's right there as a junior. Uh, but the other thing Jackson can do is man, Jackson is an athletic kid. Um, he can run. I mean, he is really fast. And when he gets out in the open, people don't catch him normally. Uh, and mm-hmm. so I was, I was really excited and, you know, Jackson had a tough year too, in terms of, he missed three games in the middle of the season. Um, he got hurt in the center game and, ne- and missed the next week against Liberty Allo, uh, came back and played versus Mejia. Um, and then, and then was COVID positive and missed the Bullard game. Uh, and for a quarterback getting back into a rhythm, you know, you play, you don't play, you play, you don't play. Uh, but I thought at the end of the season, he played really well. Um, completed the ball. You know, he threw for 400 yards against Brownsboro uh, week 10 and, and threw some really good balls against uh, Cattle Mills. Um, and so he's, the great thing about him for us, he has another year. Mm-hmm. He's a junior. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's going to be better as a senior uh, than what he was as a junior. And uh, I'm really excited about the fact that we have him back. You know, you don't have to go find your quarterback or guess who your next quarterback is. It's, you know, we got a kid that played and started 
uh, almost every game for us and played really well and threw the ball well. Uh, and you know he's going to be better as a senior. Uh, so, uh, man, really excited about where he's at coming out of his junior year, but even more so about what he's going to be capable of next year as a senior. And so what are you, – you talked about just the differences in, in last year's QE and your yeah. son, Jayton, and now Jackson. And, you know, there's obviously differences all through your, your coaching history. Yeah. And what are the things that you look for in a quarterback? What are the most important attributes? Well, it's, you know, it's, you know, you can – there are a bunch of categories that go on that list. Uh, and, you know, one of the, one of the first things that we're looking for in a quarterback is, uh, they've got to be able to lead our team and, Mm -hmm. and leadership comes in different forms. You know, some people are really vocal. Um, some people lead by example, some, whatever it is. Uh, but, but you know, this because you play quarterback too, when you step into that hole and things maybe haven't been going well, um, everyone's looking to you everyone Mm -hmm. they're looking they're looking to you uh you're the coach on the field uh they've got to feel confidence from you uh they've got to feel like you're in control hey y'all everything we're gonna win this game you know give me some time here this is a touchdown you know whatever it is uh but they've got to have those leadership qualities and uh you know logan you went through quarterback school and we still do quarterback school Mm -hmm. here and i've done it for a long time uh but i always ask in quarterback school always ask those guys who the most important person on the football field is, you know, and the answer is the quarterback. It is. Uh, and, and it's been that way for a long time in football. You know, I think Vince Lombardi once said that football is the greatest team ever invented with one flaw. The quarterback's too important. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of mm-hmm. truth in that. And especially now, mm-hmm. the, the game of football now, even more than it was 20 years ago, 30, 40 years ago, it's a quarterback-driven game in a lot of ways. When was the last time somebody won the Heisman that wasn't no. a quarterback? Uh, right. You know what I mean? And so it is a quarterback-driven yep. game. That person is the most important person on the field. They touch the ball every snap. They make decisions with the ball in their hands. They call the play. They manage the play clock. Uh, you go down a list. They, you know, what's the secondary? What's the front? Do, are they blitzing? Uh, and you, all the things that a quarterback has to do that's unique to that position. They're the most important guy on the field. But the point I'm getting at, I would ask those guys, well, who is the second most important person on the field? And then you would get different answers. Maybe it's maybe it's the linebacker who's the best defender on the team. Maybe it's the safety who's the quarterback of the defense that year. Maybe it's the rush defensive end uh, that nobody can block. Or maybe it's the center. And the deal about it is, is they're all right. The point is it's not even a close second as to who the most important mm. person on the field is. Um, and so because that person carries that weight, um, you know, they've got to be able to lead that team. And they have, they have to want that responsibility. Not everybody wants yeah. that. Um, and, you know, you don't really know what it's like until you're playing quarterback and it's going bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. you know, you'll remember this too, Logan. We said this about quarterbacks. You'll get way too much credit when things are going good and you'll get way too much blame when it's not, uh, it's always the quarterback's fault. Uh, when a team's losing, everybody loves the backup quarterback, uh, because if he was playing, they'd be winning. You know what I mean? It's the quarterback's fault. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the nature of the position. Uh, and you have to want that and, and you have to be able to accept it. Uh, and there's, there are very few lonely positions 
uh, on any team uh, other than a quarterback whose team's not winning. Um, and so, yeah. you know, all those things play in. And, you know, that's to say we, ain't, we haven't even talked about physical attributes. Uh, right. Because I think that one of the things I like about the spread offense is you can take a kid right that has some of the characteristics i've talked about you know high character leadership intelligence um you know toughness is something that's hugely important to us here in van uh, not just at the quarterback spot but you can take a kid uh and bring them along starting at the junior high level um and that's something that you missed um you know my first year here you were a junior and you know we didn't work with you uh but we start training our quarterbacks in the sixth and seventh grade because we have to because we got to have a guy that can play that position and run our offense. Uh, mm-hmm. But but you can win in the spread offense. You know, I believe I can win games and put a go, good offense together with a kid that, that can throw but is a pretty average runner. I believe we can do that. Or I believe we can put an offense together and win games with a kid that's a really good runner that's an average passer. Uh, but I believe we can do that, and now we have. And, and then ultimately – when you can put a kid out there that can throw the football with accuracy um, and is a good decision maker and can run as well, that's when you get real dangerous in the spread offense. And uh, So, again, you know, when we're trying to identify our quarterbacks, especially at a young age, you know, we're looking for all of those characteristics. Um, and, you know, one thing about kids is they're young. You don't know what they're going to be like. It's hard to, you know, you look at sixth and seventh and they're great eighth graders and try to project them. Uh, and we're not always right. You know, you know, Peter Maddox played shortly after you. Uh, he followed Gary mm-hmm. Smallwood. Um, and Peter Maddox, as an eighth grader, was uh, the eighth grade B-team quarterback. And he threw the ball to Luke McGowan, uh, who was an eighth grade B-team yeah. receivers. And both, you know, Luke McGowan played on the varsity as a sophomore, and Peter started for two years. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's we, we typically try to work a number of quarterbacks down at that level for that purpose uh we want two or three guys coming up to the junior high and freshman year uh, because you just you never know what they're going to turn into and you know another example you know Jayton's junior year he and Liam uh Neeson uh Nielsen battled they battled it out to start the season Jayton became the starter in district but Jayton broke his collarbone uh versus Athens in the first round of playoffs and Liam came in and played really well we won the Athens game in the second half with him he beat Splendora uh, in the mm-hmm. second round of the playoffs, and Henderson beat us twenty-one to twenty in the third round. And the same thing, if you go back, what people don't know about Liam, Liam was a B-team quarterback in the seventh and eighth grade, mm. and he was a backup as a freshman uh, behind Bray Doring. And so, but because he was trained in the seventh grade, in the eighth grade, in the ninth grade, uh, he became the JV starter as a sophomore and played well, uh, backed up as a junior, and ended up playing a ton as a senior. And won a playoff game here in Van for us. Yep. And that would he could throw the ball. He could. And that's the deal. Now, hey, you and I both know he couldn't run out of sight in a date. (laughs) About like me. About like you. Now, you said that, Logan. I didn't. Since you opened the door. Yeah. We didn't call any quarterback runs with Liam. Just like we didn't call any quarterback (laughs) runs with you. That wasn't your game. But he was a good decision maker, and he threw the football well uh, and and did what we asked him to do. uh, And he gave us a chance to win games. And. Uh, you know, again, that I've been fortunate to coach a lot of really good quarterbacks. Uh, we've we've had a string of good quarterbacks here uh, in Van, you know, and I'll brag on those guys. Every every kid that has started 
in Van since I've been here has been at least a first team all different wow. player. Uh and in, in the quarterback spot and um and you know Jackson Rainey was uh you know I guess he was first team this year already as a junior and so we're we're really proud of that legacy, the quarterback legacy here in Van. And we've had a bunch of great players come through here. Uh, and fortunately, if we look down the line, we think we have some good ones coming up too. So, uh, you know, that quarterback spot is is integral to not only our offense but everybody else's. Yeah. So you, you talked about all the great quarterbacks you've coached, and and there have been, I mean, a lot of successful ones. Yeah. And yeah, thinking not only about Van, but who who is the best quarterback that you've ever coached? Well, that's that's a loaded question. Uh, first, because you know the the quarterback that played for me that I love the most is Jaden Moffitt. I mean, that's my kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you kidding me right now, man. I take that kid. Uh, raised him from birth, and we had a ton of fun. You talk about uh, fortunate. You talked about this year and fortunate to be able to play the games we did. Um, what a great experience! You know, I got to coach my kid two years on the varsity level. Uh, I coached the quarterbacks. I called the plays. He played quarterback. Nobody works closer than the quarterback and the offensive coordinator quarterback coach. Uh, yeah. And we spent a ton of time together, and we have some unbelievable memories. Um, so that's why that's why the question is loaded. Uh, but I have I've been very fortunate to coach some, some really talented quarterbacks. Um, you know, maybe the most talented kid in terms of throwing the football. Uh, played at Denton Ryan. His name was Scotty Young. And, uh, you know, Scotty, at at one point, when I came to Van, and I think somebody else equaled this, uh, but Scotty Young was the only quarterback in the history of Texas high school football to throw 60-plus touchdowns in a season wow. twice. Um, he threw 65 wow. as a junior and 64 wow. as a senior. And at that time, the state record was 67 held <laughs> by Graham Harrell. <laughs> Uh, about that, and we were we were chasing that record two years in a row, and uh, but Scotty had an unbelievable arm, and he had some great receivers to throw to. Uh, he when he graduated, he signed. He went to Texas Tech and played there for a couple of years. Ended up transferring to to Louisiana Tech, but you know he was a great football player, high school football player. Same thing, the kid threw 129 touchdown passes in two years. Two. He didn't start as a sophomore. Two years. Uh, which maybe that was bad coaching. He didn't start his sophomore. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, ridiculous. But hey, yeah, that's nuts. You talk about you talk about the quarterbacks here in Van. You know, Garrett Mosley started three years for us and had an unbelievable career here. Um, and uh, he he was a bulldozer. Hey man, like if you need a yard, if it's fourth and one, and you need a yard, there may not be anybody else you want carrying the ball. Uh, yep. especially from the quarterback spot. And, you know, Garrett was such a fierce, fierce competitor. Uh, I have told teams over the years, um, you know, hey, look, guys, you think you hate to lose, right? You think you hate to lose. None of y'all hate to lose worse than me. Uh, and, I, and I mean that. I'm like, look, boys, this is what I do for a living. This is my job. When, when y'all leave here and start thinking about your girlfriends or what you're going to do on Friday and Saturday night, or go hang out with your buddies. All we're thinking about is how we're going to win the next game. That's it. You're in a football season. That's all we're thinking about. We don't move on. We move on to the next game. Uh, and so I've said all the time, hey, guys, you think you want to win as bad as I do. I don't know what you do. Or you hate losing as much as I do. 
and I think Garrett Mosley might have been one of the few players that wanted to win worse than me. Oh. That, mm. that makes sense. Or hated losing uh, worse than I did. Um, and and that in him and his uh, ability to make plays, to play his best when you had to have it, um, you know, same thing. You talk about a special player. Um, I don't, I don't even, I don't even remember how many touchdowns he accounted for in three years, 140, 170, whatever. It was an outrageous number. Uh, but Garrett was a great quarterback. And it's like, I talked to you about quarterback. He was a totally different player than Scotty Young. Mm-hmm. Scotty right. Young we never let Scotty Young run the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he pulled it, we were screaming, get out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and then the offense was different with Garrett, uh, you know, but his junior year, that year we went to the quarterfinals and lost to Kennedale. Uh, he threw the ball really well. He completed uh, 63% of his passes, which is one of the reasons we were really good that year because he completed the ball. Yeah. You know, great player. And that's the same. Man, uh, Garrett Smallwood was a really good high school quarterback here for us. Uh, Peter Maggs played really well for two years and led us to a 10-0 season uh, in the regular season his senior year. Um and then, you know, Jaden Moffitt and Liam and then Jackson Rainey this year. You know, how fortunate have we, have we been here in Van uh, to have a run of quarterbacks uh, like that that can win games for you. For sure. So, I, I understand with your son being in there, you know, not wanting to, you know, definitively <laughs> say give an answer <laughs> to that one. But this one, this one I feel like has got to be clear cut, uh, right? Yeah. So, who's who's the best <laughs> backup QB you've ever <laughs> coached? Logan, I mean, <laughs> He's not even close. Are you serious, man? <laughs> guy can do anything. <laughs> guy can do anything. Uh, I, you know, you, I, I was second team academic all state. I don't really know if that's a real thing or if y'all just sent <laughs> no, that to me. But... <laughs> that's an actual deal. Yeah, it's an actual deal. We can make that up. <laughs> if if Crandall played any better defense, I don't think I would have gotten enough stats <laughs> to to qualify. But yeah, and that's the deal. You know, we talked about this earlier. You know, uh, I came in your junior year, you know, your junior mm-hmm. year. Um, and there's so much growth that takes place. And, again, like I said, when I say we start in the sixth, you know, really the seventh grade, uh, but we do. We spend a ton of time in the spring working with the quarterbacks more than anybody else, more than any other position uh, on the team uh, in junior high, in the seventh grade, in the springtime, in the eighth grade in the springtime as they come up to freshmen. Um, and, and I really feel like the springtime of your freshman year, uh, most players, that may be the time they experience the absolute most, most growth, especially at the quarterback spot and the receiver spot, uh, because they get so much dedicated work that they haven't gotten in the past. Uh, mm-hmm. But each, each year builds on the last. Each year builds on the last. Um, and so for a guy like you, I came in, you're about to be a junior. We, we changed the offense, uh, and you changed the terminology, and you changed what you're doing. Uh, because you remember, we had growing pains, especially that first year. Um, and, you know, Smallwood broke his thumb first game of the year, and Tory came right. back the rest of the year, and we were a running football team. Uh, but, you know, installing the offense and learning the terminology and trying to get you guys to start thinking like me is a process. Um, and for a guy like you, it, that didn't help you. If you could, right? For sure. You know, here's the deal: if if you could have come up in our program, um, what what would the difference have been between you and Aliyah Nielsen? And really, not much. 
you know, we could have got you to that point too. I really believe that. Uh, it was just a deal with timing, um, being a junior uh, when we got here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I appreciate that, Coach. That's why I really had yawn was just, you know, pump my own ego. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, I think we're, you know, we're pretty good. No, I'm just, <laughs> just kidding. Um, uh, you, you talked about how big and important the, uh, the QB position is. And um, I have a two-part question, one that kind of ties into the other. Um, are wins a QB stat in your mind? Well, wrong or right, yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Wrong yep. or right, they are. Uh, it's the same thing when you talk about NFL quarterbacks. You know, Dan Marino never won the Super Bowl. So does yeah. that make him, you know, less great? Does that mean he didn't achieve greatness? You know what I mean? I don't know. And so – but when you talk about quarterbacks, you know, wins and losses are a stat because, like I said, you get way too much credit and way too much blame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the perception of the quarterback is, yes, yes, wins and losses are a stat. Um, and, and, the, and the thing about it is, hey, if you want to be the quarterback, don't shy away from that. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. shy away from that. And, and look, here's the deal. Uh, we we work to win games, and we plan on winning games. And, and you grew up here in Van, um, and so it took me – you know, again, I grew up in Sulphur Springs. I coached at Denton Ryan. When I came to Van, I did not know a lot about the Van program, right? Mm-hmm. And I found out, you know, I say real fast, but over the course of the first year and a half, two years, what I learned about the kids in Van is uh, they're not afraid of anybody and they expect to win every game they play. Uh, yep. And and that's that's a mindset here in Van, and it goes it goes way back. You know, I've been some great coaches here. Uh, Brady Pennington, I followed him here. He did a great job here and won a lot of football games and went on to New Caney and did the same thing. Uh, coach David Goff, uh, you know, great, great coach here for – I think he was the head coach here for 11 years and tremendous person, won a lot of football games here. Um, and then, you know, everybody knows Mal Fowler, who was the head coach here for 29 years. Um, and so there's a – there's a history of Van football and that I'm very proud to be a part of that history now, but there's a mindset that's been cultivated throughout the, the history of this town and this program of toughness, of blue collar, of, of great uh, effort um, and tremendous fight. And uh, that coupled with being well coached gives those guys a chance to win a lot of games. And, and I say all the mm-hmm. time, Van kids have an amazing ability to play, better uh than they are um and so i kind of got sidetracked on that but yeah going back <laughs> going back to your question yeah i i would say yes uh, the wins wins and losses have to be a stat uh for quarterbacks because of their role and again you and i both know uh, a team's going to lose a game it's not the quarterback's fault mm-hmm. you know and i always say that football's a three-phase game um if we lose uh, 45 to 44, well, then we needed to score 46 points. I'll blame the offense right. the defense. Um, if, if you know, if we lose 20 to 19, uh, well, we, we should have kicked a field goal somewhere or blocked a punt or, you know, it's a three-phase game. And when you lose a football mm-hmm. game as a coach, you know there's plenty of blame to go around in all three phases. Now, the fans might look at an interception and blame the loss on an interception. Or they might, you know, whatever the case may be. But as a coach, you know, it's a three-phase game, and there's plenty of loss to go around. 
but as the quarterback, as the most important person on the field and on the team, you know, I think you do have to take responsibility for wins and losses. Yeah, for sure. Uh, coach, I got to give you mad props for that was excellent. <laughs> coach, coach speak in, in turning a question about our QB, our wins, a QB stat into, you know, bragging on your program. Right. But, you know, I, that you, you know, you just answered another question that we had down the line. But the second part of that question is who is the greatest QB of all time? Oh, man. Like, how, yeah, my thing is no way, no way you could put uh, a quantification on the greatest quarterback of all time, in my opinion. You know, I think you have to have, okay, you just have to, you have to have a list. You know what I mean? You have to have a list of uh-huh. great quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, because, like, what's the criteria? You know, like you said, well, is it wins? Well, if it's Super Bowl wins, then it's Tom Brady. Right. right. Then it's Tom Brady. Uh, and is Tom Brady the greatest quarterback of all time? Well, there are plenty of ways that you can look at him and say yes. Right? But, you know, where does Peyton Manning fall in? Where does Drew Brees fall in? And here's the other thing about this, too. How do you compare a quarterback from those guys' generation of football from even a Troy Aikman? Uh, mm-hmm. um, or further down the line, you know, a Terry Bradshaw or Roger Staubach, you start going back down the line because you and I both know it is an entirely different game now than it was even 15, 20 years ago. Like Troy Aikman, he might still be playing if the quarterback rules applied uh, like they did when he played. <laughs> you can't hit the quarterback anymore. Yeah. You, you cannot hit the quarterback anymore in the NFL and college game. You can't hardly touch him. You know, a defensive lineman runs by and puts his hand up to try to swat the ball and it hits the quarterback's helmet. It's a 15-yard penalty because he touched the quarterback's helmet. You can't hit the quarterback anymore. And so now you got these guys, right, who, again, like they've all been, tremendously accurate guys, uh, intelligent, strong arm, understand the game. They know where they want to go with the football, and now they're not worried about getting hit. Think about right. that. And what that does to that person now they're not worried about getting killed in the pocket because if they get hit too hard, it's a penalty. And so, again, when you start trying to quantify the greatest quarterback of all time, I just don't know how you can compare the eras, you know, and because you look at what Patrick Mahomes is going to do and you try to project what he's going to do throughout his career in the NFL. Um, and, again, nobody can, nobody can anticipate you know, how many years he can play. Again, nobody can control whether he gets injured or not and how that affects his career. But if you just project what his possible numbers could be at the end of his career, the fact that he's already won a Super Bowl, his numbers are going to be unbelievable, staggering. But it's a different game. They can't hit him. You know, they can't hit mm-hmm. him like Lawrence Taylor hit Joe Theismann. Right? Yep. If, if, if that happened today, they'd probably want to put Lawrence Taylor in prison. Right for assault, <laughs> not even kidding. Hurt. Yeah, like you know, no 15 yard penalty. We're kicking him out of the league forever. Uh, so the game has changed so much. Um, and I just, man, when you start, when you start talking about greatest quarterback of all time, uh, I think that's a really tough question to answer, and everybody has their own opinion. Well, coach, I, I think it's always a good thing when a, um, a podcast nears the end with discussions about Joe Theismann and Lawrence Taylor. I'm always a, <laughs> well, a that, fan that of that. Me, um, you know what I mean? That dates me. You guys weren't even born yet. Hey. When that happened, I'll you know what? <laughs> but I get, hey, I'm not, I'm not afraid. I'm 44. I'm not a young man anymore. I'm 44. I get off the treadmill. My knees hurt. Uh, but that's just part of it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not scared. Uh, but yeah, that, 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 that dated me. You're right. 
<laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I think we need to we need to talk about uh you know some of those past greats a little bit more on this podcast. So I always welcome that. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, as I said, as as we're, we wrap up this episode, I think one of the reasons why we like to have guests on this show is just to give them a space to um, discuss matters, sort of on a on a basis that they can decide. So you know, we just want to give you if there's anything you want to uh, sort of say about what it's like to be a coach or maybe things people don't know about coaches. I mean, you know, I've, as I said, I played football my whole life and up in the high school and I, I had seen the hours and hours and hours that coaches put in, not just to getting their team prepared, but also to pouring into the lives of the people that they coach. So I'm interested if you just have any insight into, you know, what it takes to be a coach, what maybe if you wanted to speak a little bit to, to people who, um, are thinking about going into coaching yeah. uh, or whatever it is, you know, we just, Logan and I want to give you kind of this, this space for you to, to take it any route um, as we wrap up this episode. Yeah. That's man. You talk about open-ended and Logan knows, man, if I can get, <laughs> if I get going uh, as I've done some tonight, <laughs> sometimes you have a hard time stopping me. Uh, <laughs> but man, this is one of the greatest professions in the world. And, and again, I say that and people, people will hear, people hear that and they think, Hey man, it's just high school football. It's just high school football. And it is, you know what I mean? And I say that a lot. Mm -hmm. It is, it is just high school football. It is. Um, But I grew up, my dad was a coach and uh, I grew up around the football field and around locker rooms uh, and around coaches and players. Um, And there was, that was the only thing I ever wanted to do. And I really, I really don't know why, um, maybe because I don't have a lot of skills. If I wasn't coaching, maybe I could mow yards with Garrett Mosley. <laughs> he might hire me on. I don't, I don't know what else I would do. But I always wanted to coach, and I always wanted to coach football, and I always wanted to be a head coach. Uh, and part of that was because of the great experience that I had growing up playing. You know, my dad was one of the coaches. James Cameron was my high school coach and was a t- t- tremendous, tremendous coach. <laughs> and we had tons of fun. It was a great experience. Uh, you know, our practices were short, Logan, right? You know, like oh, yeah. we don't practice forever, <laughs> but our, our practices were short. We only we only went full pads one day a week. That's where I learned that, Logan. I didn't make that stuff up. I learned that in my high school <laughs> from James Cameron. Um, but, man, I, I, I never want to do anything else. And like I said, I'm, I'm not getting any younger. I'm 44. I've been coaching for 22 years. This is my 22nd year. It was my 11th year at Van, which is hard to believe, Logan. Uh, it's been that long since you played and I've been here in van for 11 years. Uh, but when I say it's the greatest profession, you know what I mean by that? Some of the greatest people I know and have come across in my life are high school football coaches. They really are. Um, and, and you mentioned, you know, yeah, of course the hours that coaches put into it, uh, we work seven days a week. Uh, we do during the football season, Uh, the yeah. game plan on the weekends and we work Saturday morning um, and we work Sunday afternoon. Um, and then, then, you know, you're practicing in the evening, you got games on Thursday night, you got games on Friday night, the weekend starts and it goes, it starts all over again. Uh, so yeah, we do, we work a ton of hours. We, we put a lot into this um, and we invest a lot into it and, and we're competitive. You know, all, all great high school football coaches are competitive. Most of them have egos, and we all want to win, um, you know. But I think it was, I guess, maybe Billy Graham uh, at one point talked about the influence of a coach. 
mm-hmm. and and the number of kids that you know either a, a high school coach or a high school teacher has the ability to impact over the over the course of their career. Um, and because of that, you know, he always elevated that position into one of the most important positions uh, in our society. Um, and when I think back over my time in the 22 years I've had, man, a lot of kids, a lot of kids I've been fortunate to coach, you know, and I can bring up, I can bring up names from Erie County, my first job. Jayton Lindley and Mason Serber and Blake Fiveash and Jace Whitlow. I can start rattling those guys off. That's 22 years ago. And I was <laughs> right out of college. And I can tell you about those kids and things that they did um, and the kids at Denton Ryan and, and the kids at Van. Um, and, you know, the thing that I hope um, through this profession, and, again, I've been fortunate. We've been able to win a number of games. Uh, I was part of two state championships at Denton Ryan. And nobody can take that away from you. And those are great experiences. Uh, But the relationships that you build with kids over time, um, because in Van, you know, I told the seniors that that are graduating that played their last game the other day, uh, I met those kids when they were in the third grade. I've watched them grow up, and I've had a hand in raising them uh, because they spend so much time with me. And, you know, we talk about this. I I don't know fully – you know, how many lives we change as coaches. And I, when I say change, I'm talking about take a kid from one path and put them on a totally different path and change their mm-hmm. life and change the direction of their life. I think that happens sometimes. I, re- I do. I think it happens sometimes. Uh, but I think that's really hard to do. Uh, and I think it's rarer than most people think. But what I do believe is as a high school coach, you have the ability to impact and influence countless number of kids uh, over a career. And uh, I hope that's what I've been able to do um, yeah. and, and we'll still get to do, you know, I said, I said, I'm old, but I'm not done yet. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I, I ain't, I'm not, I'm not planning on being done anytime soon. Um, and so I can c- continue to do that. But uh, the relationships that I've built with some of the players uh, is that's one of the most special things uh, about this profession um, and the ability to hopefully influence kids in a positive way. Um, you know, like even, even, even Logan, you know, mentioned on the podcast tonight, you know, control what you can control. Um, and that's something we talk about. And so even, even tonight to hear Logan say something that we used to talk <laughs> about, that means a lot to me. Um, yeah. because it applies to his life too. Um, and, and things aren't, things are not always going to go our way. We all know that. And things at times are, are not going to be good. Um, and, you know, one thing I know about Logan, um, Logan's a believer, uh, and he's given his heart, uh, to Jesus and follows him. And he's a strong mm-hmm. Christian. And that, that faith and knowing that God's got a good plan for him, coupled with what he learned from his dad, who's a great person and a great man, and what he was able to pick up through athletics. I mean, there's, 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 uh, there's no reason, uh, or that's the exact reason why Logan is where he is today. Um, mm-hmm. And to have a hand in that, which I believe even, even in two years, uh, which was a short time with him, but have, to have a hand in that, uh, extremely gratifying uh, as a coach. That's fantastic. Well, yeah, I, I can definitely attest for Logan's uh, 
character for sure and and it sounds like you certainly had a hand in that and it sounds like you certainly had a hand in uh molding the the futures of a lot of those guys that you coached is all you know ideally is all head coaches will be able to do so that's fantastic i i really appreciate you giving that insight um and I, i you know and i just as a former high school athlete i really appreciate you putting that uh, dedication, you know, and caring so much about your players and, oh, yeah. and, and their futures. And I think, uh, you know, one of my, I was a linebacker and my linebacker coach, you know, he, he came to my wedding and I, yeah. I still, you know, get up with him when we go back up to Virginia and everything. So I know how much it means that, you know, it, and like you said, some people don't understand it. You know, it seems like it's just high school football, but in reality, those are the, those are, you know, sometimes you see your coaches more than you see your own fathers depending right. on the week. So it, it's yeah, exactly. So it, it's really a a huge, huge deal to have somebody of high character, like it sounds like you are with being in that position. So, you know, we appreciate that. And we appreciate you coming on the show, sharing your knowledge, sharing your, your wisdom, your stories, um, <laughs> discussing all things uh, high school football and this crazy time with me and Logan. It's been a, a fantastic night getting to speak to you and and we appreciate it. Um, and hopefully we'll have you on the show um, a little. We won't have to wait, you know, 26 episodes again. Yeah, I was trying to have that episode 52. I can make it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Well, uh, for anyone listening, if you want to check us out, you're always welcome to do so on Instagram, Twitter, uh, or send us an email. Um, connect with us. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what you think of Coach Moffitt's interview. Um, and Coach Moffitt, thank you so much. And, and we'll yep. have you again shortly. Anytime, guys. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thanks. Take care.